And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you as a courtesy from our Patreon supporters. They support the show so you don't have to listen to commercials other than maybe some of that amazing um, that amazing travel agent. What was his name? Uh, Justin, over and away with me travel. Of course, of course we need to talk about him a little bit. But other than that, you're not getting any commercials, guys. And that's because of those guys. Now listen, I might be a little biased here, but when I say that they support the show, they also get free content and a lot of shenanigans happens over on the Patreon side. And when I say eh, we have some fun, Guys, I mean, we have a lot of fun, so maybe consider joining them. If not, let's give them at least a round of applause and say thank you for a commercial-free, amazing show. Round one was over. (laughs) Parents won. Kids, sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen. Start your engine! To infinity and beyond! There's a touch of madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Disney Dads Podcast, a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. I'm your host tonight, Joe Quattrochi, and joining me for tonight's show is my brother from Down I-4, the great Aussie Dave. Dave, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? That's right. It's it's Team Florida tonight. I love it. Yeah. Keep, we're keeping it in the sunshine state tonight. So, Well, the, there's a very good reason, and that is that the the other two have been uh, traveling a little bit, and I suppose that now it's uh, made its appearance on Facebook uh, to members of the group there. We can talk about the fact that we actually had a little bit of a gathering in the last week or so. We did. It was kind of like the meeting of the four families, I guess, right? It, you know? it was great. It was amazing. Uh, for those of you who aren't in the group, uh, A, what are you doing with your life? And B, um, we had the opportunity for Justin, Mike, Joe, and myself to be in the same room for the first time. All four of us sitting around a table uh, and chatting and catching up. And it was wonderful. Yeah, I had a, I'll be honest, I didn't have the best week last week. Work was a little crazy. A lot of stuff going on in a personal life. And that night, just hanging out all day and all night, it definitely flipped me. I did a 180. It put me in such a better mood. So much fun. And the thing is, we've done this show together for a while now, right? You know, not as much as the original guys did, but, you know, we're getting to know each other a lot better. But we put us all in the same room. And it was like it was like we just picked up where we left off. It was yeah, it was it's like, it was amazing. It was so much it's fun. It's like these recording sessions, it was just an extension of that. It's just us sitting around having a chat. And that's what I, I that's what I know I love about our show. And I think a lot of our listeners do as well, is it's just a group of guys getting together to talk about something we're passionate about and bringing the whole family along for the ride as well. Yeah, it was it was definitely a good time and uh you know, I mean, I had a blast. It was hard to keep it in, you know, that we were down there having a good time. But, you know, it's uh, um, I'm, the only thing I'm annoyed about about the whole thing is that I'm pretty sure I was the last to find out that it was happening because uh, Justin and Mike were, had had it planned that they were in town um, for another gathering, a gathering of the original three. And then because you were the out of towner, 
they they had looped you in on it and like literally less than 24 hours beforehand i got a phone call from justin going what are you doing tomorrow night and i was like um i'm on a tour i'm working and then i'll be done at approximately this time and he was like good we're going to dinner i was like who's we and he's like, yep, we're all going to be there. I was like, this is amazing. So maybe it's just that he knew he couldn't trust me and that I'm not good at keeping a secret. Yeah, they, they kind of picked me up uh, <laughs> as they were heading down I-95. They're like, uh, I got Mike in tow with me. His flight was canceled. He's like, we're just making this happen. I was like, all right, I'm going to follow right. you guys down there. <laughs> of course, we did, make a, we did make a stop at Bucky's. So, so uh, I, yes, I, I, that's about the only thing I didn't I didn't join in for was um, the stop at this Immortal Bucky's. You realize eventually I'm going to be road tripping somewhere, stop at one, and I'm going to like FaceTime you from it because I feel that's the only appropriate way now to adequately uh, address it. Yeah, well, I'll tell you that where to go, what to get, what not to get, you know, because uh, you can never get lost in that store, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Even, and I'll give Mike credit, you know, Mike, for being up for about 20 hours, like had a smile on his face. Like, this place is really legit. I was like, Dude, ridiculous. I'm I'm I was, yeah, he uh, with he got caught up in the flight cancellation challenges that some of the airlines had been having. Uh, and he was like, oh, I'm coming to Florida one way or another. I am coming to Florida. So, um, yeah, props to him for making that happen. So, well, with that in mind, um, it was actually this gathering uh, and the fun that was had that night that led us to tonight's topic. Yeah, and that was one of the things, Dave, you know, we were talking about is, you know, we're getting together. We're talking about life in general, right? But we also throw some show topics out there, right? And, and one of the stops that we made that night, we were over at uh, Disney Springs, is we ended up at a place called Stargazers. And for you diehard Disney fans out there, you know, it's inside or right outside of uh, Planet Hollywood. And I think we had the greatest time at that bar. Like we had a fantastic server, great bartender. And I, and I looked at Dave and I looked at Mike. I said, you know, Justin, I said, this is such an overlooked place. I'm like, this is such like people walk by this. I've walked by it a million times. Dave, I don't know how many times you've walked by it while you've been in Disney Springs. Literally but... hundreds. And it's like. A- and it was just such a chill spot. It was a beautiful Central Florida evening. It was great company, great service. And I was like, you know what? This and, and we were talking about show topics. I said we need to talk about some over, like some underrated and overlooked places. It doesn't matter if they're lounges or attractions or whatever. I'm like, but things that like we walk by all the time, and that you know, that like are fantastic, and we maybe should give it a chance. So I think that's where our topic comes from. It was our fantastic evening. Uh, we spent at Stargazers over at, uh, at Disney Springs. I keep wanting to say it is. It is indeed the origin of this. And um, and it's a really good example of it for those, as you said, for those who haven't been there. It is attached to Planet Hollywood, but it's kind of hidden around the back. It's on the edge of the water of the springs there. Uh, and you're looking towards uh, up towards that STK Morimoto kind of direction out of the bar. And I think that's part of the reason that it's uh, that not everybody realizes it's there or not everybody stops in. It's kind of tucked away in underneath the building. Uh, and it was great atmosphere. As you said, wonderful service. Um, it wasn't a busy evening in Springs. And we got to have this whole area off to one side to ourselves to just be able to chill and have a drink and catch up. And, um, and it really set the tone for that entire evening. Yeah. And I think it's also one of those places too, that uh, has uh, live music at sometimes. So I remember us being there, they had a small little stage in there. They do have some live entertainment sometimes. So it's one of those places that we're going to start tonight's top tonight's show off tonight as Stargazers being one of the 
overlooked and underrated places that you know we maybe have passed by in Walt Disney World you know that that's it's a great spot I mean it really is and you know I think a lot of times Dave too we all do this we were doing this that night too sometimes we walk around with our face buried in our phone or we're like we have we have plans to go meet up with somebody and sometimes you just gotta look around and see what's around us we're in this great place you know there's so many little hidden gems where you could like hang out and have a drink or do whatever you know and, and that's why i think it's a great time that we start off with stargazers tonight that was the highlight i think of the night uh like so the, the service was great uh, what was our waitress's name was it lauren or jessica i forgot what it was yeah let's oh. let's say it was that because i i was not bad, in i was i'm usually pretty good at remembering names i was not in name remembering mode at that time yeah let's say that that's a nice way of saying that um now uh yes there was a there is a stage and we did manage to keep uh justin off the stage so that like yeah they didn't have to call security or anything like that we didn't need that happening again um however there are a couple of other bars that when you and i started putting our heads together um came up with a couple of other bar locations uh that definitely get overlooked so before we jump into some of those attractions and things like that um let's chat about some bars uh one in particular um that you mentioned that i was like wait where is that and then you were like yeah it's here and i was like oh i've been there i couldn't even remember where it was yeah um and that was Dahlia Lounge. Tell tell me about why that made your list. It's just great. First of all, like you know, the whole Grandestino Tower is just Disney did an amazing job with that design. I mean, it's literally a it's a deluxe resort at moderate price. I know you know the moderate's still gonna be a little bit expensive, right? But it's a deluxe resort. That tower is amazing. The lobby is fantastic, and that lounge with the views that it, it on the top floor. I mean, if you go up there at the right time, you could see fireworks from. Epcot, uh, you can see what's going on at the studios, just beautiful views of like, I mean, everybody always talks about the top of the contemporary top of top of the world lounge on Bailey Tower, right? For excellent views, which let's not take anything away from it is also a great view. Oh, it's also great, absolutely a great but, view, but this is a different vantage point that you, and we're always used to looking at the magic kingdom, right? Which is obviously amazing, right? It's obviously, but to see some of the other parts of property from such a high vantage point, it's just it's 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 underrated and it's overlooked and that's I guess what tonight shows about and, and it's and it's out of the way to get there, Dave. It's not yes. something where you could hop on a monorail from the you you could walk over from Magic Kingdom or you could monorail crawl like you have to make a concerted effort to get over to Coronado Springs unless you're a guest you unless you have a car. So that's why it, and it's not so crowded either. That's right. That's right. It's literally only people that have been destined for that building if you pardon the pun um to to get there actually make it there yeah whereas you can walk out of um magic kingdom and look and go oh yeah we could go there and wind up very easily at one of those other locations which um get a lot of air coverage and a lot of uh, a lot of press time with people talking about it uh the amazing views but yeah an equally spectacular view across, as you said, a different part of Disney World um, and a wonderful area there. Um, also a great restaurant located right there, which is kind of special to a couple of members of our uh, Disney Dads podcast family. So um, shout out to the amazing food and just the amazing experience that Grand Destino t- Tower at Disney's Coronado Springs offers. 
Yeah, and speaking of resorts, and I just mentioned this about having the great views at the Contemporary and Bay Lake Tower. One of the next ones on our list was I, I you know, I think people as it, it's been around for fifty years. We can say that, Dave, right? It's been around for fifty years. It and, has, <laughs> and and that is the Grand Canyon Concourse at Disney's Contemporary Resort. I I find the Grand Canyon Concourse. I'm still amazed by it to this day. To me, it still is old Disney World. Mary Blair mural in there is absolutely amazing. And, and th- if you think about it, there's no other hotel that I could think of, excluding maybe the older embassy suites that had like that kind of cavernous, you know, lobby where you could look oh. down how many floors, which they don't really do anymore. The embassy suites don't aren't designed like that. But it's such a marvel, like just to stop and look at it and say, look, there's still a monorail running through here. I was, you know what the one thing I'm still amazed by by the Grand Canyon Concourse, Dave, is that through rain and cold weather and hot weather and bugs and everything else, the amount of bugs that don't get inside that building with those openings for the monorail. I know they have air systems that run to try to push things out, but it's just absolutely amazing how it stays climate controlled in there with giant holes in the sides of the building in right, of Florida. Right. As two Floridians having this conversation, we know how difficult it is to keep bugs out of a house. Correct. Like I, I leave my front door open for less than like 30 seconds. And like my wife walks in and goes, why are you leaving the door open? Like this place is now filled with bugs. So we, we do know that. And that is perpetually open, but it doesn't seem to get affected like that. You are correct. That is a very interesting observation. Now, the one thing I also love about the Grand Canyon Concourse, Dave, is they, if you look, you know, everybody always talks about going to California Grill to watch fireworks or top of the world, but they have a small observation deck outside of the Grand Canyon Concourse on the fourth floor with seating that faces on a nice angle that overlooks the Magic Kingdom. They used to have some, um, a couple of years ago, Dave, remember they had the uh, the monorail type, um, uh, it was like a... I don't want to say a crawl, but it was like a, a food and wine kind of deal. And I think oh, they, used yeah. have, they used to have that roped off. They had it for a little bit. I never got a chance to do it, but they used to have that section roped off for that. But right now, I believe it's open to anybody, and it's a great spot to sit there, even if it's not during fireworks time, and just taking the, the monorail trains going right by you, the buses, and just take it all in for why you're there. It's one of the places that we love the most. And that, that's the one that I think is an overlooked spot that you can just stop, get a drink from like the one of the uh, – the concession stands, you know, Contempo Cafe, and just relax and just take in the great views that the Magic Kingdom has to offer. I mean, I think it's it's a it's a pretty spectacular place. Yes, indeed. And not only that, uh, as we head towards the holidays, uh, the Grand Canyon Concourse uh, also gets outfitted with uh, some extra special decorations. And I'm really hoping that it will be there uh, this year. Um, but they do a uh, a gingerbread castle as a almost as a mural against the wall there um where and it has been a couple of different castles over time that they have recreated um but the baking team get together and create these amazing um gingerbread creations in some of our resorts and that one there uh is right up there on the concourse and well worth visiting uh if you happen to be at uh disney's contemporary resort during the holidays and that's one of the things that, you know, we even talk about is, you know, these areas that are overlooked sometimes, sometimes if we're going to the contemporary, we're rushing through, we're trying to get to our California girl reservation, we're trying to get downstairs to the first floor to either walk to the Magic Kingdom if we're staying there. But you know what, though, sometimes if you get to, if you have that California girl reservation or you have that Chef Mickey's reservation, maybe you get there a little bit early. 
you know, or maybe you've just finished your dinner, but you want to maybe wait around for, for, uh, well, that would be Disney Enchantment now for it to be, yes, to hap- yes, to be happening, right? I gotta, can't say happily ever after anymore. Either um, that or you arrive like for your Chef Mickey's reservation and they're running a little bit behind. Which is I've usually that the happen. case. Yep, that that does happen there. Um, so, and they've they've got a solution there on that concourse, which is one of our other hidden gems that we wanted to mention while we're there, which is of course the outer rim. And this is and this actually holds a special place to for me and my wife, Dave. Um, one of our first major trips that we took as husband and wife. Uh, we were actually it was our first DVC trip. We were staying at, at Disney's Boardwalk. Uh, we went to the Outer Rim. I used to go there as a kid, uh, say the Contemporary many times, and we just fell in love with just watching, just outside, looking outside onto Bay Lake. We had a fantastic server named Liz. I've talked about Liz many times on this show, on other podcasts too. She's the nicest lady. She's been there for I don't know twenty years, whatever. If you see Liz, tell her, tell her. Tell her Joe said hi. I don't know if she'll remember me, but she's amazing. I've given her many cast compliments. She'll look at you and go, yeah. yeah tell okay, her Joe said cool. hi yeah, for the podcast. <laughs> but we love Liz, but it's just, it's a special place. We go there all the time. It's like our staple that my wife and I go to. Um, we go there to watch college football on Saturdays. We go there before our California grill dinners. I've gone her after marathon races. Like it's just a, it's just a, you know, and it's not even a fancy spot. It's right on the side of, of right next to chef Mickey's, but just the smell of the grand Canyon concourse, the monorails going by looking outside of Bay Lake. You may get lucky and see the electrical water pageant. I mean, for us, it's just a special place. It's, it's a cozy spot. It's not super loud, believe it or not. Cause you're kind of tucked into the corner a little bit. Um, just if you're walking through the contemporary and you have time for a drink and you're with your significant other, you take 10 minutes and ha- have a cocktail at outer rim. They have some, fe- some specialty drinks there that are special to the contemporary. So uh, give them a chance. And uh, I think, I think you really like it. Dave, have you been there with any of your, uh, I mean, I know you've seen it. Cause I'm sure I, I've actually been there and I have an emotional connection to it as well. Okay. I didn't realize that, that you did uh, quite so passionately uh, love it. Um, we, my wife and I, uh, stopped in there on the night that we just after we had got engaged. Okay. Uh, we got engaged out at Port Canaveral, and we had dinner at. Um, we drove back and had dinner at the uh, California Grill, and we were there a little bit early, and um, and stopped in and grabbed a drink before we worried about going upstairs even. Um, and yeah, so it's one of those places. Every time I arrive for Chef Mickey's, I look across and go, "Oh yeah." That's where yeah, we got a little, drink, little so. smile to your face. Yeah, right? it's just yeah, uh, and I love that about Disney World, where there's so many memories that you get to have in all of these wonderful places. There, uh, so yes, definitely have stopped in there to grab a drink on a number of occasions. Been through it and visited it many times. I assume I've had Liz. I didn't realize I had to drop Joe's name in order to get like a, <laughs> some quick like service me, or something. So, um, but I will next time. I'll be like keeping an eye out for Liz. Um, so yeah, I, I I definitely love it. Definitely, um, as soon as you mentioned it in your list, I went, oh yes, I love the outer rim bar. It's uh, definitely counts as one of our hidden gems. Now, um, the next thing on our list is something I've been to maybe one or two of them, um, but not often because they are. A particular part of Disney World that not everybody gets an opportunity to visit. And I actually keep them in my back pocket as a tour guide in case I ever need um, somewhere where you might be able to get a reservation on some shorter notice. Uh, And that is some restaurants located at uh, two resorts um, that are 
third party operated more or less. They're not actually operated by Disney itself. And that is over at the Swan and Dolphin. Uh, Joe, do you stay at the Swan and Dolphin often? I have. I am a Marriott guy, and uh, I, I know that they do some great rates for for teachers and conventions. Um, I've been able to use many of my Marriott points that I've accumulated for work there. Uh, I've screamed to the high heavens about the restaurants at Swan and Dolphin. I think when you talk about things or restaurants or uh, attractions or anything that's overlooked, right? Swan and Dolphin's constantly overlooked. And I know sometimes people, they don't always come up on my Disney experience or they don't take Disney gift cards. And sometimes the discounts aren't what you maybe get at Walt Disney operated restaurants. But the food in these restaurants is is fantastic. I have been It's exceptional. Yeah, I've been talking about Il Molino and Shula's for for years. Um, I know there's Kimono's in there, which is a Japanese restaurant. I have not had a chance of eating at yet. Um, and I know gar- Kimono's also does like, I think they do a karaoke night. On, on some occasions, it might be Saturdays, like late in the evening. Um, and so they've got some fun things like that. Um, there's also uh, Blue Zoo. Blue Zoo. Todd English is Blue Zoo. And a couple other ones, too, I wanted to say. Uh, Garden Grove, um, which usually will have a character meal. Uh, a lot of times, you know, guests who will try to, like, book, you know, Chef Mickey's or some of the bigger character meals. Sometimes you can get a character meal at Garden Grove. Uh, and they do have, I'm not sure which characters are there. Um, and the last thing, and I think if you're staying within the Epcot Resort area, this is a something to really to keep in the back pocket, Dave, for a tournament you use. And that is the Peekaboo Buffeteria. Because if you don't have a vehicle on property and you don't want to maybe pay Uber or Lyft to go off property, and a lot of the Disney establishments are closed, the Peekaboo Buffeteria, I don't know if it's open 24 hours, but it is open late. And it's got like some decent, options there not the best but if you're looking for like if we a late get night nothing snack, else out of tonight's episode i think it's joe saying peekaboo buffeteria yes. a couple of times that's that's a great name for a <laughs> for a restaurant um i had a friend in town um on uh on the first actually of october he was in uh his birthday is actually the first of october uh and he decided that he wanted to come during the 50th and he had a number of his friends and family including his mother that said oh well we want to be with you on your birthday and he went nope uh and he came on his own and then on i think it was the second uh i had a later start and we caught up for lunch just at one of the like it was a sit-down restaurant we had a waiter but it was just one of the um like we didn't really need a reservation or anything just walked up and um not quite as not quite as formal of a setting. And we walked in, there was plenty of room there, obviously, um, and sat down and just some really good food. It was a solid burger and um, some deliciousness there. Uh, I haven't had much of a chance to eat at many of the others, uh, but I am putting peekaboo buffeteria on my list <laughs> or at least like at least to take a picture with a sign. I, I mean, the food is okay there. It's, it's, it's very good late night emergency i've got like the munchies kind of food you know what i'm saying i love so that's, it that's 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 kind of what it's used for so i mean like i said it's one of those things i'm a very big proponent of the swan and dolphin i think that uh you know they're overlooked a lot i mean they're overshadowed by the boardwalk and, and yacht and beach club uh but i think it's they're, they're great options are right there i mean they're literally in the heart of, of the epcot resort area so definitely something not to be overlooked 
Yeah, seems like a great place to start your night, grab some food. And now that Jelly Rolls has reopened, we've got some entertainment happening back on that boardwalk area as well. Um, The other thing that always amazes me when I get there is how close they are to boardwalk. Uh, When we talk about some of our resort areas in Walt Disney World, you'll be like, oh, yeah, but it's a walk from this place to this place. It's like... And you, sometimes you look at the buildings and you go, oh, this is quite a distance from this area to this area. But it's really not. No, like, you can walk from Boardwalk to Swan in less than 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's literally, you could see it. It's, it, takes, it takes probably a longer time to find a door to get in, actually, than to get to the building. <laughs> I mean, you know that is also a challenge, getting into those buildings. <laughs> I have done that from, yes, coming in from uh, the outside. If you're on that backside, you're like, which door am I meant to go in? Like, yes, that's, that is a challenge indeed. Um, but yes, yeah, some great restaurant options. You mentioned that they don't always appear on my Disney experience. Um, my my little thing that I always do is everybody's like, oh, I was on my Disney experience looking for this, looking for that. Um, Particularly when you start to get closer on time uh, for anything that is not Disney operated, if you're at Disney Springs or any of the resort areas and you're wanting something, um, open table. Don't worry about the app because what happens is um, the restaurants that are not operated by Disney have an agreement where they're going to give Disney a percentage of their availability, but they also reserve the right to be able to advertise it in places like Open Table or other apps like that, um, and that way they are able to um, still have some availability floating around on some of those, uh, and it's always worth checking out. Yeah. Um, and Dave, I don't know if your phone, I mean, I'm sure as a cast member, uh, my phone has, I have one screen just dedicated to Disney apps. And if you're listening to this show and you don't have open tables set to Walt Disney World on your Disney screen uh, next to my Disney experience, you need to do that because when you're searching for reservations, have somebody in your family check my Disney experience and you check open table because they will not match up. And I guarantee you, you'll probably find something open table before you find it on my Disney experience. <laughs> yep. If it's there one of those go. type of restaurants. Um, I, I'll be real honest. I tell you to look on open table. I don't only because like in my phone, I have the phone number for the direct right to the front desk of the restaurant. And I call them and just say, Hey, this is Dave moving on. <sighs> um, well, <laughs> While we're talking about some restaurants, um, there is one that when you talk about hidden gems of Disney World uh, comes up and I want to take a moment because it is something that I love. Uh, If you uh, have heard me talk about it before, I apologize, but um, I'm going to get on my soapbox for just a moment with regard to Sanaa. Uh, Located at Kidani Village at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, um, there are two groups of people when it comes to a discussion on Sanaa. There are those people who haven't been there and say, oh, what's that? And there are those that have visited it and say, oh my goodness, it is amazing. It's one of my favorites. There is no other group because once you have been there, it is phenomenal. Um, I, I can literally list maybe three people that I know that have eaten there and weren't completely blown away. Um, one of them is my wife. Uh, and that is purely because she does not like spicy food. Uh, and 
it is a little bit more of an adventurous palette. Um, but here's the thing. There has been a time where I have chosen the bread service over my wife and gone wow. to Sanaa. And that's how good it is. It's it's good on so many levels, Dave. <laughs> a couple of things. Number one, that it's Akadani, right? So it's 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 at a DVC resort. Again, it's not going to be a resort where you're going to have random people just coming through and having it be crowded. Like you're there, you're there to eat at Snot or you're staying at the resort. Number two is the views from the restaurant. Like your ground floor, you've got savanna views. It's it's unbelievable views. I mean, where else do you get to eat somewhere like that? Third thing is. I know you said your wife, I don't do spicy foods well either, right? But even for me, it's adventurous enough where I could go out and try something and not be like completely, for lack of a better term, skeeved out or like, oh, I'm spending X amount of dollars. I'm going to hate this. Like it's adventurous enough where you get a sample of what the cuisine is like, but it's still a little Americanized where you, it's good. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, it's kind of in that safe zone. And that makes me want to try different things when I get there. And the fourth thing, like you said, the bread service. I mean, the first time I, my, my wife and I had the bread service, I said, let's try this bread service. Everybody keeps talking about bread service. Mike, this was maybe four or five years ago. And we tried, I was like, damn, I'm like, that's good. And like, I, I finally understood it. And that was the yep. thing. I, so it's like, there's the reason why people brag. There's a reason why it has a reputation. There's a reason why people brag on it. And I know we put it on our overlooked list because it's not like the big, it's not, you know, be our guest. It's not like you have to be a little bit in the know to know about Sanaa because it's not right in your face. It's not thrown right in there. And it's absolutely, it's amazing. Uh, I knew this would probably be on your list and I couldn't agree with it more. I think it's a fantastic. Yeah, not only option. that, even in the realm of Animal Kingdom Lodge, it's really easy to jump to Boma. Everybody immediately goes, oh, Boma is such an amazing restaurant. And you're like, yeah, but like literally less than two minutes down the road further on, you've got a, a signature dining experience without the signature price tag. True. Because the signature restaurant of Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge is Jiko, uh, the cooking place. And so... The, the, and because that's the signature restaurant, they immediately just bump that price point just a little bit, which means that every other restaurant in that building isn't going to have that, or in that area, isn't going to have that price point. And so, Sanaa, you get a signature dining experience, possibly better than many signature dining restaurants, and you get it without the extra price point add of the signature dining element. So um, it is way, way up on my list. And yes, anybody who knows me knows how much I love and appreciate that particular restaurant. So, um, all right. I think that's probably enough of me being on my high horse about Sanaa and we should probably move on. Um, and let's talk about some experiences uh, in the parks. Let's, uh, we're over at Animal Kingdom already. Um, so let's talk about some experiences um, that happened in Animal Kingdom. There were a couple of things that came up on our lists uh, between us. And Joe, your first one was Rafiki's Planet Watch. Yeah, so this is something that I've only done once, okay? And uh, I just think it's it's overlooked because it's not right Wait, in the Wait, when heart. did you do it? Oh, my goodness. Uh, a couple of years ago, I guess. Before. Okay. Um, and it's one of those things because it's not... 
it's not in the heart. It's not in the heart of like, you know, it's not next to Everest. It's not next to the safari. It's not next to the tree of light. I mean, you got to take the train out there. You know, I just think it's, it's, it's just, it's something different. I think that I know it was going to be closed. It, it was supposed to close for a little bit. I mean, it's been a while since I've been out there. Right. I'm going to say this, but it was supposed to close for a little bit. I don't know if they brought it back open, but the fact that you get to see some of those procedures that go on back there, uh, caring for the, I mean, where do you get to see anything like that? <laughs> I mean, it's like, you, you really don't. It's absolutely really crazy. Don't. I mean, I have a soft spot for animals. I don't know if we go back at some shows. <laughs> I don't like to harm any animals, right? I'm sure Justin's going to laugh during the editing of this show, but uh, so my, I'm going to get a little soft when I see some of those, you know, possibly if you get to see some of those things back there, but I think just overall the experience, we always talk about the Savannah. We always talk about like you, if you stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge, you have this, this zoological park outside of your window. I mean, how many, how many theme parks do you really get to go to included in the price of admission that you get to see like procedures that take, I mean, I, it's hard to even describe. I mean, like I wasn't out there that long. Okay. But it's one of those things I thought of like, you know what? That's overlooked. A lot of people don't usually don't go out there. So I will say, um, Rafiki's Planet Watch. I mean, I don't know. Do you, have you taken a lot of your guests out there, Dave? And it's if you probably have... not something that comes up on tour very often. Uh, but having small children, it's definitely something that uh, w- that will uh, rate a mention if possible um, for a couple of reasons. Um, and really quickly, while we're touching on it, if anybody is listening and going, what exactly is Joe talking about? There was a really fun, uh, a little bit crazy episode of the patron element, uh, that happened probably a few months back where there was, uh, some interesting discussions of, um, let's just say fighting different types of animals and we'll leave it at that um for our (laughs) patreon members we'd like to remind you of that episode it's still one of my favorites that we ever recorded um now let's talk about um rafiki's planet watch there there's so much in this uh as you said you have to get there first and that train ride through the park uh, where you get an opportunity to see uh, a building that we call Tembo House. Uh, Tembo being the Swahili word for elephant. Um, and you get to see some of the uh, backstage animal areas uh, that where some of those animals are kept um, and given an area to rest away from our guests. Um, uh, just a great little glimpse behind the curtain uh, while you're on that train ride. Uh, Then once you're out there, there's the petting zoo where you can see some of the domesticated animals. It's also where they work with the animal behavior specialists. Um, I have a friend uh, that uh, she was in charge of training one of the pigs to do some fun things where they would reward the pig for, performing tasks and they were actually looking at how they uh could uh do some behavioral elements um and some skills uh taught to this pig uh which was pretty cool um also there's some just some fun sheep and i want to say there's like an alpaca out there as well and there's cows and all sorts of fun things um and then on the inside as you said an amazing opportunity to see a fully functional 24-hour vet hospital with its scheduled procedures. Uh, Right next to it is all of the scorpions and spiders and snakes and fun things like that, um, which always freak a few people out as well, which is fun. Um, And then 
you mentioned that it closed down for a while, and it did. They were doing some upgrades. They were doing some refurbishment. And now there's actually a really cool experience there in addition to everything that you've experienced. Um, there's an art class. Um, do you remember that you used to be able to do a thing at Disney's Hollywood Studios where you would go and sit um, and a cast member would teach you how to draw a character? That was back, did you back ever get in the, was that back in the MGM studio days kind of like yes, years ago? Yes, it was. And it did continue through to Hollywood Studios, but then it slowly um, got phased out. Um, and I think... I mean, my understanding, I think I only did it once right when I first joined the company. I might have still been on cruise ships. Um, my understanding is it was back near the uh, animation building there behind um, the Little Mermaid um, space and things like that. Um, and, yeah, so there was um, there was that. And they've now moved it out to Rafiki's Planet Watch, where you can do a drawing class. But what they do is they now skew it so it's got a Disney's Animal Kingdom theme to it. And you get an opportunity to draw some uh, animal-based characters, which is really fun. Uh, I've done uh, Scar and somebody else. Maybe Thumper? But yeah, they get some really weird... That's character a character choices. I haven't seen in a while or heard about in a yeah. while. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, um, which is really fun. And if you haven't done it, it is definitely a hidden gem. Uh, like, let's be honest. By the time you ride some Avatar Flight of Passage and Navi River Journey and Kali River Rapids and Everest, and if it's not too busy in the park, you're like, wow, I've already rocked all of these things out. And I assume that early in the morning you got uh, the Kilimanjaro Safari out of the way as well. Like, it goes back to that whole, uh, what else can we do in Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park? And there's the Wilderness Explorers, and yes, you can go and watch It's Tough to Be a Bug, um, and some fun things like that. There's a bird show and all of that. But jump on the train and go to Rafiki's Planet Watch, uh, particularly if you have small children. Um, I know both of mine get a real kick out of it and absolutely love it. Well, there's one other um, one. There's one other one, Dave, that you're talking about that I have never experienced. Maybe you can maybe elaborate on it, and it's made our list. Is uh, caring for giants? Yes, indeed. Do you know what caring for giants is? I do not. That's why I'm asking you. Okay, so. so I put this in there, and the reason I put it in there is that when we talk about our animal experiences uh, at Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park, you immediately jump to the Wild Africa Trek. Have you ever done Wild Africa Trek? Uh, no. No, okay. I, I, I probably um, but, walk, this is just a small path that are all around, correct? Correct. So it's an op Wild Africa Trek is an opportunity to walk through um, the Kilimanjaro Safari. Oh, no, I have not. I'm so, sorry. No, I'm getting confused with something else. I apologize. No, I have not. No, you're good. Oh, you're thinking of those treks, those paths yes. with the extra animals on them that are down the back of both Asia and Africa. No. Um, this is a... Um, this is an experience that you get charged for, but you actually get harnessed up and get to walk on some of those bridges over some of the enclosures, um, and uh, you usually get to be present for the feeding of an animal. Oftentimes it's the hippos because they eat a lot, so there's always a feeding of the hippos taking place. Um, and... Yeah, so um, there's some really fun experiences that are available, but they usually come with a pretty hefty price point. Um, and 
I'm happy to be wrong, but I think Wild Africa Trek is somewhere in the vicinity of about $200 a person. Um, and I'll, some people will be like, well, I've already paid for my ticket to the park that day. And then in addition to then pay for this experience, is it worth it? All of those sorts of questions come up. And as a result, uh, Wild Africa Trek gets a lot of press, a lot of, like, a lot of, um, optics on that where people are like, oh yeah, this is an amazing experience. However, I think a completely overlooked and underappreciated hidden gem of our animal experiences is called Caring for Giants. It premiered only probably three or four years ago, um, and it's an opportunity to board a vehicle and get driven to a lookout area on the back of our elephant enclosure. Have you ever been riding Kilimanjaro Safari and got to the elephant enclosure and seen um, some people standing on like a back portion? There's a lookout area over the back of it, kind of a, a running parallel to where the truck goes. I mean, I've seen. Have you ever seen? I've that? seen like. I mean, I've seen the people on those bridges that you're talking about. Like you kind of see them on their private tours, whatever. But I don't know if specifically yeah. if I've seen it by the elephants, but I've seen them out there. Yeah. So there's um yeah, and we do have those bridges. However, there is this lookout, and um you get about. 45 minutes on this lookout, which means even if the elephants, even if there aren't like three or four elephants there at any, at, at the moment you arrive, there's probably going to be a couple of them come through moving about through the enclosure while you're there. Uh, it's a phenomenal experience. Uh, it includes uh, during once it gets back up and running and it's not uh, operational at the moment due to uh, COVID restrictions and things like that. But under normal operation, it has one of our uh, African uh, cultural representatives there who talks about the importance of the elephant in their, uh, in their culture, talks about some of the great programs that Disney has participated in, um, has like some real like firsthand knowledge of Africa there to uh, be able to add an authenticity to it. And best of all, it costs $30 a person. It's a lot easier in the wallet. (laughs) Right. A lot easier on the wallet. It's only an hour out of your day, which we were just discussing that when you've done X, Y, and Z in Animal Kingdom, you can sometimes be like, well, what else is there to do? Like, and there are, but you've got to go looking for some of them. Caring for giants when it gets back up and running should be on everyone's list. Uh, I can't speak highly enough about it. It's amazing. Um, And it's an opportunity to uh, see how the, uh, and it takes you backstage and you get to look at uh, the enclosure from a different angle and you get to talk to cast members that work with the animals. Um, There's an animal uh, behaviorist for the elephants there as well. So not only the cultural element, but also the behavioral element, uh, from Disney's point of view, um, right there. And how often do you get 45 minutes to chat just with a cast member? Like for 30 bucks. That's amazing. Uh, And we we always say cast members make the magic, right? And I'm not just saying that because you are a cast member on our show here, but it's true. If you have, but those cast members have a specialized skill. Like they're just, they're just not like somebody who's doing X or Y. Like this is what they do. This is not something that you could find it. You could, this is not something you could just walk up to the strings and ask them about it. This is a very specialized 
experience that you're going to be doing. You know what I'm saying? So like you said, Dave, take advantage of that. Pick their brains because like, this, is, this is what they love to do. They want to talk about it, I'm sure. Of course they do. They've got stories to tell. Okay, like um, a couple of things to think about that people don't always realize. Um, none of our behavioral specialists, to the best of my knowledge, or our uh, zookeeping team uh, got uh, furloughed or laid off because the animals still needed somebody to take care of them. Yeah. Um, not only that, we have an element in Disney World uh, during the weather patterns that come through Florida. Uh, we call it a rideout crew. And when everything goes pear-shaped uh, on those couple of occasions that Disney has shut down for weather and nobody gets in or out, these guys bring a bag from home and they stay. Like they're in the park making sure those animals are safe while everybody else is running around worried about boarding up their house. So some amazing uh, people, not just cast members, just amazing people that do incredible things and 45 minutes, like an opportunity to ask a question and be right there and have an amazing interaction. And as you said, Meet some of these cast members that really make the magic. Absolutely. Uh, before we jump out of Animal Kingdom theme park, I want to go from something that like I got to talk about, that's, uh, this hidden gem um, of caring for giants and like get all emotional and engaged talking about the animals. And I just want to finish with ice cream. <laughs> Dave goes from one passion to another. I love it. Exactly, exactly. Um, do you know how this is something that weirds me out? All right, because there can be two places that sell the exact same product, okay, and then one of them is just better. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Yeah, Have you ever had that? Yeah. Where, yeah, like where you're like, I don't know why it is, but I always go to this one. All right. Soft serve ice cream in our theme parks varies greatly, okay? Because there are some that it just, you walk away and it's just like slop and you're like, I'm out. I don't need this in my life. I'm done. Uh, the ice cream truck located near Expedition Everest. Um, it's right near, it's between the Gibbons and Expedition Everest. So uh, what, um, what, Justin and I like to call Gibbon Point, which is that little rocky outcrop you walk around. And if you're lucky, the Gibbons are losing their mind and making a whole lot of noise. Um, and then on your way to Everest, um, it's on your left when you're walking towards it. And um, oh, that ice cream is amazing. They do a chocolate, they do a vanilla, they do a swirl option. They have some fun things when there's special themes going on. But I don't know what it is. That ice cream is rock star. Yeah, I don't know if it's one of those things where maybe it could be anything, Dave, from like how the sun hits the building or the truck where the ice cream's <laughs> in, and maybe it's it's not maybe it's not heating up as fast. I, I'm not quite sure, but you know, everybody has their special places. Like for example, right within coffee, my wife and I, we always get coffee when we leave Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios. We won't wait in line at Starbucks. We won't. We always go to the one outside of Tower of Terror. It's just, that's where we get our coffee from. So everybody has their spots. 
So yes, I, indeed. I, so I don't think it's I don't think it's weird at all that you like the ice cream truck over by Everest. You know, by giving all right. I think I think it's fine, and if it works, I, I hope that our Disney dads family uh, will give it a shot next time they walk. That by. is that is my hidden gem. And while we're on it, you've brought it up. It made an appearance later on the list. Um, let's talk about some Joffrey's coffee because there is no point. There is no point waiting in line uh, for. There are enough lines in Disney World. Can we agree on that? There are lines everywhere. Um, So, I mean, I when I'm on tour, unless there is somebody who is like, I can't drink anything except Starbucks coffee, I'll be like, don't get me wrong. If you want a Starbucks coffee, go and wait in that line. If that's if that's what you need and that's what you want out of life, but there's other options and hidden gem definitely is that little. Joffrey's Coffee right near the Tower of Terror. Yeah, everybody will wait on on you know Hollywood Boulevard or Sunset Boulevard for Starbucks right there on the corner. Even the Joffrey's, it's located right by going towards Toy Story Land. It's a huge line. But that one, it's stuck right behind there. You have to – people know it's there because you see it when you get off the of Tower of Terror. But my wife and I, we usually beeline. We'll go past but all the lines. But they don't think of it. They don't, yeah, they don't even think of it. And I'm listen, I don't really drink coffee. I don't, but we we do drink iced coffee when we go to the parks. It's like the one thing that we do. Uh, I've had the opportunity to speak with management over at Joffrey's years ago. They're great people. They're located in Tampa, so it's a local company. Uh, you know, they get all their beans from like wherever they get coffee beans from in South America or Central sure. America. You know, but it's a great company. If you're in Tampa, you see their trucks all over the place, which is great. But it's a great product. So if you're one of those Star- Starbucks people, understandable. But uh, you know, don't overlook the Joffrey's because it's just as good. And they've always got great blends too. They've got all the special blends for, and we're not even sponsored by Joffrey's either. So we're not, we're just saying we like nope. the product, but it's like, you know, if you go to California grill, you go to Kona or you go to Victorian Alberts, like they all have different or citric, was it, um, Citricals have one too. There's different flavors for each uh, restaurant, and they got a 50th blend out. Uh, I know Mike. Ooh. Mike was really excited about picking up a, a bag of 50th at Tea Traders in Disney Springs that he was bringing back to New York with them. So um, they have all kinds of great flavors. They're in the rooms too. Uh, but like Dave said, don't overlook. Uh, you know, everybody likes, everybody likes what they know. But if you're if you haven't tried it, and you're like, what's this Joffrey? It's a weird name. Give it a shot. Uh, there's a reason why they're the official coffee of Walt Disney World. So. Um, I don't even drink coffee, but I will stand, uh, or, well, I was going to say stand in line, but I usually don't have to stand in line. Um, if I need a quick snack, I, and I'm not riding Tower of Terror, I will walk out that door, walk straight up to the counter. Cause as you said, there's almost never anybody in it. And I will get one of those giant donuts because yeah. those things are rock star. Yeah. They're like the giant, you gotta get the giant pink one. It's like, you know, the pink or the vanilla ones, whatever it's something my wife and I will split every once in a while. We just want a giant sugar rush. So, yeah. Uh, that's, that's literally all. And yeah, I function almost exclusively on sugar. So that, yeah, that pretty much sums me up that giant donut. So, so, so- um, yeah. yeah, there was one on here, and I was going to segue to you on this one, Dave. Uh, you had on our list here was a uh, something that maybe I don't drink a lot of, but uh, maybe you could help elaborate our DDP family on this one. Uh, you have gelato martini. This is my little hidden gem uh, of Walt Disney World uh, that so few people know about. Even if you know about the location, you may not even know that this is an option available there. And I am so excited to potentially blow somebody's mind right now because (laughs) when you 
are in Epcot and you're in France. Now, a lot of people are visiting France at the moment because there is a brand new attraction that has opened over there. And if you're going to see Ratatouille um, and maybe you need to fill some time while you're there waiting for your boarding group to open, or maybe you just want to celebrate that you got to ride it and, um, and you're looking for something fun. Back when you first arrive in in France and you're there looking at the the whole area uh, of France, if you walk towards your left and go up past Chef de France and Monsieur Paul, the restaurants there, um, and keep them on your left and then head kind of into the back corner. Uh, in the back corner, there is a boulangerie, uh, which has some great quick service uh, sandwiches, if ever you need one, uh, which I highly recommend. Uh, they are delicious. However, there is also a little ice cream shop uh, that sells some fun... Um, I can't think of the word right now, but um, some fun little pastry type things as well. Um, as And then they have gelato and sorbet, okay? Which means you can get an ice cream cone or, a, or in a cup or something like that. And in addition to that, there is something on the menu and they refer to it as the martini. And basically what it means is it comes in a plastic martini glass and you get either one or two scoops of of either a sorbet or a uh, or a gelato and then you can choose to add a shot of alcohol nice okay there are three alcohols to choose from there is grand marnier there is um a a rum i believe and then there is my favorite which is the um whipped cream vodka ooh Okay. Ooh, yes. And so you will be able to get uh, one of these. Now, if you're getting like a mango sorbet, I then highly recommend the Grand Marnier over it. Uh, they, those two, the, those citrus flavors are going to complement each other. Uh, my go-to is I get a scoop of coconut and a scoop of uh, mint chocolate chip. Okay. And then with the, uh, with the whipped cream vodka shot over the top of it, um, and it is amazing. On a hot day, some ice cream with a little bit of some fun alcohol going on and uh, just a whole bunch of deliciousness. And it is my my piece de resistance of hidden gems uh, in Disney World. I, will... I would love to know how, if any of our listeners are, are familiar with this and how many of them are making a beeline to it on their next visit. I will say your choice of mint chocolate chip with the coconut is intriguing. Yeah, I like both of them. I am a huge coconut fan. I love mint chip. So uh, this is something that I may have to try the next time there. It is well worth Because I am um, also the guy who has the whipped cream uh, flavored vodka downstairs in my house right now. So it's, There you, you know, go. <laughs> so um, amazing. It is it, like I have literally been in Epcot one time and had somebody on tour be like, I want something exceptional. And I, like, I want something delicious and fun to finish up our day. And I went, cool. I know where we're going. And yeah, it, it's a vibe. That's and all it, I'm going to say. And it's something just... different, Dave, that like, that you're, you're in Disney, you're on vacation, you're looking for experiences. This is something that you're not going to find in your hometown, most likely. But Correct. Yet, but, but yet this is something that's so small, like a, such a small item that like, 
again, it goes with the flavor of the show, right? It's overlooked and, and or underrated. And it's like, so it takes something like this conversation to get the the message out right. there. So uh, unless we're talking about overlooked and underrated things, it's not going to even come up on this podcast. No. I don't think I've talked about it before. And I've contributed to 50 something episodes now. Um, so yeah. Amazing. Um, a wonderful, wonderful little thing there. Macaroon was the word I was looking okay. for earlier that they offer in this um, in this store as well. So, yeah, some uh, delicious dessert options, but gelato martini. I like that. That's all I need to say. I, I could not contribute to the rest of the episode, and I'd be happy. I'm just going to sit here thinking <laughs> about it. But, but we do need to move on. Uh, before we leave Epcot, uh, there is one experience that you put on there that I definitely think is overlooked, uh, and that is our Pixar shorts. Yes. This is one. This was the first thing my wife and I watched when we, we first got Disney Plus with, the, with our Verizon subscription, whatever, you know. We saw it was on there, and we started watching it. We had watched the Pixar shorts uh, when we went to Imagination Pavilion at Epcot. We just love them. I think they're they're overlooked, right? So first of all, the whole Imagination Pavilion is overlooked. Everybody loves Figment. Figment, I think, is still one of the most beloved characters in all of Walt Disney World. He's up there. They should call it the Fab Six because Figment is part of – he's there with them, right? That's my opinion, right? Everybody loves Figment. But nobody likes the attraction. <laughs> <laughs> nobody likes to go see figment so or if you do you go and you say hi and you leave but then you right next door in the theater where captain Neo used to be and honey i shrunk the audience was years ago is you have those pixar shorts and you know i actually first saw that with my parents dave and it was one of those things my parents were a little older and wanted to get them out of the sun give me the air conditioning absolutely loved it uh piper is our favorite uh we love that pixar short it's one of those things where you know what if you're looking for something different you know, there's only so many times you could ride on Soren or you could ride Test Track, whatever. Give this a shot. Get out of the sun a little bit. They're so well made. Uh, Pixar does such a great job with, you know, and they're, they're short films. They're only like a few minutes long. And if they think they do two or three within a session and they constantly rotate, uh, I just think it's an awesome experience that if it's something you haven't done before, um, you give it a shot. And you know what? If, you, if you're not going to be in Disney World for a while and you have Disney Plus, Fire up your Disney Plus account. They're on there right now, and you can watch them. So, Dave, I mean, I don't know. I guarantee you this is something that does not come up while you're at work. Uh, they're not using your VIP to go see the Pixar shorts. However, uh, what are your thoughts about these? Uh, uh, they definitely do not use this. <laughs> um, but any opportunity to watch the Pixar shorts. I mean, the Pixar shorts are something that, like uh, – that goes back to the origin of that Pixar company. And I mean, uh, the whole idea of doing a short, it goes back to the origin of the Disney company uh, with these uh, short cartoons. That's obviously where Oswald the Lucky Rabbit and then ultimately Mickey Mouse got their start. Um, but it's one of those things that we don't immediately jump at. And as you said, you walk into that area, into the imagination area, and you immediately make a beeline to go and ride um go and ride figment um an iconic attraction of epcot okay let's not go putting him in like the fab six or oh come on like, yeah, like, he is an love iconic figment. element of epcot all right specifically i'll allow that um <laughs> um but and and he is wonderful but um yeah we make a beeline that direction without without necessarily stopping to uh, smell the roses and see what else is going on over there. Because, yeah, that little area, um, the 
I mean, my favorite will always be, um, oh, I can't think what his name is. It's an old man named Larry or something like that. But where he's playing the game against himself uh, of chess um, will always be one of my favorite um, favorite Pixar shorts. And he, as a character, as an old man, uh, then also made an appearance in Toy Story 2 as the old man that repaired Woody um, when he was when he was damaged. Um, so, but it's just a fun little character. Um, and this intense game of chess that's happening. Uh, and then you eventually find out he's just playing against himself. Um, but it's, it's a wonderful little, I'm trying to remember what it's called. I was literally Googling it while you were, while you were talking. So, um, but yeah, so, uh, a great place to, uh, visit and to uh, experience uh, something that is overlooked a little bit. Um, and Jerry knew it was something like that. It's Jerry's game, it's called. So, um, And yes, very similar in his design there to uh, the gentleman from um, Toy Story 2. All right, well, as we are moving on and uh, talking about some hidden gems... Uh, in Walt Disney World, we've only got a couple left. Um, there's while we're talking about an experience, and it's not—it's an attraction, so to speak, similar to Pixar Shorts is a, an attraction, so to speak, but it's more of an experience. Uh, something that's overlooked in the Magic Kingdom, uh, and definitely—and it's hard to find a hidden gem in the Magic Kingdom because there are so many amazing things that you get the chance to do uh, that people don't. Uh, and this one is a little bit out of the way. And I've got to be honest, I've probably in all of my time with the Disney company only been there three or four times. And I kind of feel bad for saying that because it's not something that everybody immediately jumps to. I assume you have a little bit more experience with Tom Sawyer's Island. I don't think actually I'm going to, I think I've been there <laughs> twice, but I will say the two, oh! the, the two times that I've been there, Dave, though, I've had a blast. Uh, you know, just taking a little motorized raft across. I mean, first of all, it's one of those things like, okay, everybody walks by it because it's right there, but you have to make the concerted effort to go there. There's really no, there's no official traction there, technically. And Aunt Polly's, which is located on the island, which is like the small little quick service that's open about three times a year during peak seasons and serves, I think, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and something else. I mean, you know, uh, never, it's never open. Um, it, it's, it's, it, there's nothing, nothing more, to it, but I found, I found myself running up and down like a five, this, I mean, we went four or five years ago, right. Running up and down the barrels along like the rivers of America, like trying to like stay, you know, trying to not to fall into the water or whatever, uh, crawling through. Yeah, some please of the, don't. No, I don't want to do that. Crawling through some of the, the caves and like, they had like the, the stationary rifles, you know, and you're, you act like you're. Yeah, I, when I was a kid, I had like the coonskin cap. I don't know. It just it brought back a lot of memories from when I was a kid. I never went over there as a kid, but like I went over there as an adult. But it's just a cool spot. I mean, I hate to say this. I'm surprised they haven't redeveloped that area for an attraction. It's such prime real estate. But again, it's also tradition that it's there. Um, if you're there, I mean, I, I, I've heard of people having picnics over there. If you bring your lunch with you, you can find a, a shady spot uh, on the island and just make sure you don't get stuck on there. Uh, if, if it's closer towards the end of the day, but uh, give it a chance. Right. I mean, yeah, give it a chance. I mean, it's not crowded. Um, if you just want to, just to get away for a little, sometimes the magic can be so crowded, especially during the 50th. You know, this might be a great way for you to just to 
go see something different and get away from the crowds for a half hour, 45 minutes and, and just sit down in the shade and, and watch the river river boats go by and big thunder mountain in the background. I mean, it might be something that you like. I mean, it might be one of those hidden spots that, uh, you know, maybe you, uh, well, uh, you'll find a soft spot for. Yeah, it should definitely be explored. Um, I think you gave a great description of it um, in the, yeah, like it's, a great place to just be able to go and sit and breathe in the middle of the craziness that is Magic Kingdom. Like, we can all do with that time. Um, and some beautiful scenic areas there as well. So uh, definitely worth checking out. If you have never been there, what is wrong with you? At least try it once. Yeah. At least just check, just go. check it off the list. Yeah, you've got to go. All right. So The final one. You have this- to go to this one. This brings us to our final element, and this made an appearance on both of our lists, and I wanted to leave it for last because I think we're going to uh, discuss this one in depth a little bit. Uh, It is something that literally thousands of people walk past. It's not even out of the way, but thousands of people walk past it each and every single day in Walt Disney World, and... I want to stand outside one man's dream and scream at people that they should be going in. Um, It is when I'm on a tour and I, I know I, if I'm on a tour where I know I have a little bit more time where I have a little bit more wiggle room, maybe I've got them for like three days or maybe I've had them previously on tour and we've gone running around the parks and we've done as many rides as possible. And we've, we've like, we've done the, yes, um, the, the, the forced march from one attraction to another. Um, and they're a little bit more laid back. Maybe I have grandparents on the tour who are like, Hey, we just want to take a nice, slow, easy day and do some fun, interesting things. This is my go-to. This I will keep in my back pocket and I'll be like, and I will stop the, I'll, I'll make them think that we're heading towards, um, uh, Toy Story Land. We're headed towards Andy, Andy's backyard. We're about to go in around that corner and I'll stop and I'll look at them and I'll say, we've been together for a couple of hours now. We've been exploring some rides or maybe we've been together for a couple of days And I need you to trust me. I need you to trust that I'm going to show you something amazing. Uh, And then I walk them into one man's dream. Uh, Joe, what do you think of this attraction? There is a whole generation out there now that has no idea that Walt Disney was a person. People (laughs) refer to like, I'm going to Disney or the, the, the Disney company. I'm watching Disney. Like Walt Disney was a person. I, I have this, you ever have that conversation? Wait, he was a person? He was, he was oh. a person. Did you ever have that conversation, Dave, with anybody where it's like, if you can go back in time and have dinner with five people that are no longer with us on this earth, who would they be? Walt Disney would be one of them. I would love to just pick that guy's brain. I think he's going to be on a lot of people's Correct, lists. yes. But, it, but, but Particularly anybody listening to this right correct, now. Yes. If you've got to, If you've got to episode 218 or whatever we're up to of the Disney Dads podcast, you're, you're committed to this and you he is probably on your list <laughs> but and, and and correct yes he is but that that attraction 
is one of those things where it's like I you know, I don't know every detail about Walt Disney's life, but that is one of those things that my wife and I went into it. And there was one day we went into it a couple of years ago. We actually, as anal pastors, we go a lot now, and sometimes we try to find some different things to do. And we actually spent a good like hour in there one day, and I read every little thing that was on the wall. Like, looked I. I, I took my time. I watched the whole movie at the end. There was nothing in that exhibit that I did not go through. And as she did, and I said, babe, come take a look at this. Read this here. Look at this. It was one of those things where I learned so much. And it's like, I just don't want people to forget that, like, we're going to Disney. We're going to Disney. Mickey, Matt, like, it came from this man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. and, and you know, there was rumors years ago they were going to get rid of this. And it's like, oh, please don't. It's like, there ha- it's really the only, like, living, like, living legacy to him like in walt disney world right now to shows about this man that like all of this came from you know what i'm saying and and look i'm not gonna be the first one i don't know everything about walt disney i don't i love disney world i love the parks love the resorts i love the characters but you know every time i go in there i learn something different you know and i I might not remember every single detail the last time i was in there but you know what though i'll go in there and i'll enjoy the movie I'll, i'll 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 you know see something i didn't see the last time you know, my wife will point out something. And I just think it's like you, you said, thousands of people are walking by that. And there's always a cast member outside waving at everybody. Hello, how are you? Just with the door open, like, come on in. And it's like, really, if, if, you, if you're a huge Disney fan, and even if you've done it before, do yourself a favor. Take 15 minutes and just go back in there again. And just take a quick walk through. There might be some kind of visual that will catch your eye. And maybe you'll take a look at something and learn something new. I think you won't regret it. I definitely think it's 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 severely overlooked and a severe hidden gem within the Walt Disney World property. It is probably the most hidden gem. Yes. Um, as as a Disney enthusiast, a a person who is passionate about the company um, a, that I work for, um, and I mean being a guide like. I do have a wealth of knowledge on on him. I don't claim to know it all. There's a couple of people that I would highly recommend you take their tour through this particular area or um, a couple of... There's one gentleman that works in guest relations at Magic Kingdom that I was like, if I could spend three hours walking through some of these places with and let him tell the stories. I'd love to hear his version of it because, and we all kind of have our own version of it if we were doing it. Um, that, but yeah, I'm like, I need, I need 20 minutes to give you an abridged version in that, in that space. Um, I need 40 minutes to really get into some of the detail, some of the story, some of like, there's some great moments in there where they look at his early passion for trains, uh, that we see reflected in the design of theme parks around the world. All of our magic, in magic kingdom, uh, Disneyland inspired parks designs with that train around it, or, um, there's the video of him explaining how the multiplane camera works. This new invention that they'd come up with um, that first got its feature uh, in the old mill um, and is probably one of the best best ways of looking at it is the early fly-in scene uh, from Pinocchio um, where you zoom through the clouds and uh, down through the town. Um, and we, we started to see some of this early technology um, that was being developed by the company. And um, there's a great moment where 
you come around the corner and there's the Jungle Cruise uh, from Disneyland featured um, as a entire made miniature of it. Uh, and above it, you have um, a enlarged version of the map that was created uh, in the late 40s uh, when they sat down and said, um, and I think it was... Um, I think it was Herb Ryman um, joined him uh, and a couple of other of his Imagineers joined him for um, an opportunity to um, see what this creation he was trying to make uh, came to and what it would look like if they did make a theme park. And there's just some wonderful um, moments in this room that can take your breath away, uh, that can make you take stock of where we have got to uh, in the last 90-something years as a company um, from two brothers that started all of this to a multi-billion dollar company spread around the world with theme parks on continents here, there, and everywhere and just amazing experiences brought to families uh, throughout the world every day. And it makes you take stock. It makes you go, this is huge. This is, yeah, so it is, I got lost there in my in my talking for a second, but it is something exceptional that is arguably one of the definitive hidden gems of Walt Disney World. And um, I encourage any member of the Disney Dads podcast family to uh, include it uh, in your itinerary for your next visit to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Don't get me wrong, Rise of the Resistance is amazing. But it, you should also be visiting One Man's Dream if you've never yeah. set foot. That in man is amazing. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely, um, we definitely had a vast list there, Dave, between ice cream and concourses, and uh, you know, at, all, all the way to Walt Disney. And you know, it's I, I really hope that we shine a little bit of light on some of those. Uh, some of those, like I said, hidden gems that are out there. Hopefully, some of our DDP family will maybe, as they're walking by, we'll take a, a take a quick look and, and maybe see what we see, and uh, maybe even take a picture of it, and then uh, you know, be post on one of our Facebook pages, and uh, that brings us, uh, you know, to one of my favorite uh, parts of the show, and I love it when Justin sings it, and it's uh, time for uh, this week's uh, picks of the week. Picks of the week. Picks of the week. Picks of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Picks of the week. Picks of the week. It's time for it's time us to for get us our picks of the week. Um, I am always excited to have some picks of the week, and I mean, let's be honest: the ultimate pick of the week um was four or five yahoos that got together at um <laughs> at disney springs uh this week um and it was great to see so many of you um excited about that uh meeting that happened um but we do have some amazing pics that were posted over the last week um Joe, what's your pick of the week? So mine goes to uh, our DDP family, Rochelle, Cheryl Pavia and her son, Alec. They were over in Disney World. They were there for a couple of weeks, I believe. I know they were there at the same time we were. And because uh, she's been posting uh, actively on our Facebook page. And she had a picture of her and her son over at the Enchanted Rose. And uh, I just like it that uh, it looks like Stitch is dressed up in a, a spirit jersey drinking a martini. 
So I think a great staged photo there. So Stitch is having some cocktails over at the Grand Floridian. And uh, Alec is just all dressed up with a Stitch hat on, a Stitch shirt, and a Stitch lounge fly bag. So if you're going to love a character, man, go all out. So I love it. So uh, my pick of the week goes to Cheryl Pavia, uh, hanging out with her son at the Enchanted Rose. I love it. I love it. Uh, My pick of the week goes to um, a young man that I'm, I'm all about taking a fun photo. Um, I, I, I for one like to do some stupid things in photos. Um, I, me and a friend have a long-standing tradition of uh, riding on top of cannons where possible. Um, yeah, it's our thing. Don't, don't, don't overthink it. It's just, <laughs> yep. Um, but um, my pick of the week goes to a young man um, that belongs to the athy family uh patrick athy posted it and uh he is standing in um is standing in dumbo giving a salute from within the dumbo um and uh, i believe the the caption alludes to the fact that he wanted to stand during the ride which is definitely not possible but standing in the photo op available uh dumbo uh and and bringing off a salute uh, looks absolutely amazing and I love it. And that's how to take an original photo. That's how to, that's how to get a good photo posted in the Disney dads podcast family. Yeah, we definitely uh, have some so creative he... people in our, our group. Dave, you know what I'm saying? I post <laughs> yes, some good indeed. stuff. It's never, it's so never hard to come up with a good one. It's never hard to come up with a good no. one. Now, if you are taking uh, a fun photo or have something amazing to share, uh, a great place to do it is the Disney Dads podcast family. If you haven't yet already uh, joined that group of people, uh, it is the most embracing, supportive, uh, honest and loving community um, that I have ever had the fortune to be part of. Um, And you are definitely missing out on a piece of of the Disney Dads podcast experience if you are not uh, in that. I mean, Joe joined Facebook purely just to be part of yeah, I was on a three-year hiatus, and I had to get back on it just to be part of it. So that's how good and genuine yes, it is. It is. It is amazing. Um, so definitely go across uh, and uh, join us there. Uh, while you are using a smart device or a computer, you should also make sure that you uh, give us some thumbs up or leave a review uh, in uh, whatever podcast uh, area you are utilizing um, to be able to say, hey, this is um, what we what we do and it's a great way to uh get give us a little bit of recognition and hopefully lead some others who are sick of some of those negative uh disney podcasts that do exist in the world um in a more positive direction uh to come across and join us we may even get highlighted in there hey you might want to join in here um so which uh is a great way to uh grow our podcast family uh and continue to shine the light that the disney dads podcast uh does um also in addition to that a shout out has to go to our patreon members um and our patrons that uh contribute to the running of the show um we love and appreciate them uh we even have a special page just for them as well so um if you have ever considered uh joining up uh into our patreon groups there's some extra content that goes out um and uh each week and even some fun uh elements that happen uh 
exclusively for uh, those members. So um, if it is something you've thought about, uh, come across and find out what all of that shenanigans is that happens over there. It's uh, a little bit of extra fun uh, as part of the Disney Dads podcast family. Uh, And thank you again to all of them for what they do and their contributions to be able to keep us uh, doing what we love and giving four guys an opportunity to have a chat about Disney. Absolutely. Um, and with that, I'm, I'm probably forgetting something that Justin is like, hey, you were meant to mention this. Oh, the, uh, well, I mean, just remember the Patreon tiers, you know, like if they wanted to join, you know, those Patreon. Right? Those there, there are even tiers within it. There's, there's, there are tiers where you can get to watch a video version of the Patreon elements uh, that are released. So you don't have to listen to it as a podcast. You can even uh, look at Joe's gorgeous face um, while, while he's talking. Yes. Yes, just like that. Um, so, yeah, um, there are some fun elements to that as well. So um, go across and find out more about that or just keep listening to us um, and uh, doing what we always want you to do here, and that is to spread a little bit of Disney love, um, uh, making people smile and keeping it Disney in your life. Yeah, so Dave, uh, before we uh, get over to that Patreon uh, section of the show, do you have any closing words for tonight's episode before we uh, – Head over and record our Patreon side. I mean, I you put this out there um, a couple of days after we were in Stargazer and said, let's talk about other fun places. And I was like, I've got a couple that I need to get on my soapbox about. <laughs> and I appreciate being given a, a platform like this to, um, to... Now, here's my only concern, all right, is I do an episode like this. And if you all start inundating some of these places and I have to wait longer to get a gelato martini, I, I might I might go on and delete this episode just because I don't, like, they're a hidden gem for a reason, okay? Uh, it's one of the reasons I hate the internet sometimes is that sometimes these hidden fun things can get blown out of all proportion. So Disney Dads Podcast Family, just, just keep it within us, okay? Just between you and me, okay? Let's not... Let's not go telling everyone about this, okay? You don't have to be that person on Instagram or TikTok or one of those platforms that tries to blast uh, a hidden gem. This is a hidden gem for us to share, okay? So let's just let's just keep it in this Disney Dad podcast family. I'm I'm more than happy to share some of these places with you. Um, I just don't want to share it with everyone. That's all I'm saying. There's going to be a run on uh, vanilla whipped uh, vodka. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Whipped cream vodka. Yeah, yeah. They're they're going to be like, why are we suddenly going through so much of this coconut gelato now? (laughs) (laughs) No, I definitely agree. Let's keep it within the family here. Uh, You know, even talk with it, you know. I talked to my sister-in-law and other family members about things that I've learned from you, David, and other people I've talked to. And I'm like, it's kind of like, keep this on the DL. It's kind of a little bit of a secret, you know, you don't want me to want this to get out there. So yeah, let's keep that close to the vest here within the DDP family. So, but uh, yeah, just to, to close it out here, um, this is a great show tonight, Dave. Uh, amazing time with you last week, just hanging out. Everybody knows your schedule is super busy, man. Like you work some crazy hours, especially that's the that's f- especially nice. that's the 50th anniversary going. Dude, we all know you work some crazy hours, man. But uh, it was so much fun to meet up with you and the rest of the guys. And I'm so glad that uh, Jason got 
got to come down and hang out with the guys as well. They did a little bit of Universal. So uh, good to see those guys get back together and having some fun. And uh, also, too, is a lot of really nice things said about all of us on the uh, the Facebook page about us. Just really kind words, everybody. Like, seriously, like that. Just beautiful. Like, seriously, like, really I was, really I nice was like, stuff. tearing up, dude. Yeah, like, we, it was in our I little was text like, message chat. I'm fine. Really nice stuff, guys. Like, seriously, like that means a lot to all of us we do this for fun we record late at night like right now it's like 10 15 at night and we're enjoying doing this and when we see like those nice kind words that you guys are throwing out on the facebook page it just takes like 30 seconds to put on there that means a lot to us you know what i'm saying like so thank you guys for all that you've said for us all the kind words um even when we meet up with you guys in real life it's just it's so cool i've never i've been on po- other podcasts before I've really never experienced a community like this. I, I keep saying that. And I just, hopefully you guys understand, like, it's really cool. Like it's, it's, it's been a great experience so far. You guys are amazing. Um, but I just want to say thank you. And I know Dave, we had talked about that uh, in our text message chat. Just want to put that out there. You guys are awesome. So thank you guys so much. So uh, Dave, you have no more uh, parting words, uh, Patreon family stand by. We're going to go hot on the other side and uh, for everybody else, have a magical night guys. See you guys later. Cheers. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you, and remember, always keep it Disney. And they all live happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us, and when we're brave enough to listen, and bold enough to pursue, That dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the one. And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.